か。Welcome everybody to the third episode of the Warm Up Podcast. Joining me today is my good friend, Mike Bobbin. How's it going? Yeah. He's here.、Oh, I forgot what we discussed outside. Do you want to do it? Yeah. You go.、Uh, well, I mean, what we're going to discuss、uh, is substance abuse. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows me as the fun, lovable Mike, <laughs> but I mean, there is a dark side. Yeah.、Uh, and I'm here to talk about substance abuse and my journey with it. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I want to talk first. So I want to talk like the first time Mike drank alcohol, the first time you did drugs, the、yeah. first time you got sober, the first time you relapsed. Yeah. The first, like that's how yeah, I yeah. feel like this. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go into it, and you know what? It's it's not dissimilar to other people's stories. Like it's not like an insane story, but there are some insane parts. Yeah. And buckle up, because it's gonna get a bit bumpy. <laughs> you know、kidding. what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad you brought the vape as well. Yeah, you know, because I'm I'm ripping vapes. That's all I can do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coffee and vapes, you know.、Yeah. Nose beers are out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So. Let's talk. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Get into it. Okay, let's do it. Talk to me. All right. Right. Do you want to start from the beginning? Yes. You want to start from the very beginning? Yeah. All right. Let's tell. You, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah. All right. Let's start from where I'm from. Yeah. Obviously, we have two different accents. Yeah. Right. So you're Aussie. I'm from Canada. I was、yeah. born in Montreal, Canada. Right? Yeah. Uh. Now in Montreal, it's a very party-hardy city. Okay, Montreal is known as like it was known in the fifties and sixties as like Sin City in、oh, Canada, right?、Yeah. It's the only place in Canada that really has strip clubs on like the main drag. Still to this day. Like imagine George Street, but it's all strip clubs. <laughs> That's what Montreal is like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, a lot of them are shutting down now. I think last time I was there, it was pretty desolate. But it, it was like, as a teenager and as a youth, you'd go out. You、yeah. know, you'd go to a pub, you go this, you'd hit the strip club. Underage, that, but、matter. like, doesn't matter. Yeah, like that's just that. That was a rite of passage. So wait, Mont, so Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, French Canada. French Canada. So you speak perfect French. Mais oui, I speak perfect French. <laughs> <laughs> that's、yeah. an absolute lie, but I speak about seventy-five percent good French. Yeah, yeah. Say something. Uh, c'est un plaisir. Uh, uh, oh, faire un podcast avec nous. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reach the French audience. Hey, bonjour.、Uh, je m'appelle Mike.、Uh, Aujourd'hui, on va parler au sujet de、uh, substance abuse. <laughs> I haven't used it in so long. Okay. I mainly just used to speak it to like. Yeah, half know, of that was.、Uh, but that's how the French speak. Eh bien, bon, eh bien, bon. All right, sorry, I got us off track already.、It's、All right. Three minutes in. Um. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. People、um, drop off in the first eight minutes. I've seen in my analytics. Anyway, yeah. So well, I mentioned strip clubs, so that should be. Yeah. You know, get people a little excited. Just the men in the room. Um. So let's talk about the beginning. You know. Okay, yeah. So more I, about Montreal. Montreal. French Canada. Beautiful city, right? I was born in 1993. Um. And I spent my formative youth in Montreal up until I was about six years old. I then moved to Australia. Yes. Okay. 1999.、Yeah. Uh, my dad had gotten some work over here. He's in biomedical engineering. Yeah. He'd gotten a job with a、uh, engineering company. He'd been designing implants. We came over here. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. I spent about four years here.、Uh, some of the best years I had as my,、uh, as a kid. Yeah. Right. In Sydney, Balmoral Beach. Yeah. Loved it. Perfect. Loved it. The、yeah. best place ever. And that's where I met our good friend Harrison. Yeah. I met Harry in 1999. The squeak. The squeak. <laughs> the frogman. <laughs>、yeah. The absolute frog boy.、Yeah. Um, uh, and I've known him for 20 years. Okay, so he's one of my oldest friends. Now, I went back to Montreal because、yeah. my dad 
you know, I think it had to do with my parents. You know, my mom wasn't happy here, whatever. Funny that she lives here now, but she yeah. wasn't happy here. Yeah, okay? okay. We went back. Now, when I got back to Canada, it was around 2005, right? Yeah. I'd been back home for about two years. Yeah. My parents separated. Yeah. Okay. Now, in up, Canada. In Canada. Yeah. Up until that point, I was just like a kid bouncing around. Like, I, I was young. Yeah. Uh, I was around like uh, 12 or 13, okay. right? And at that point, I had no allusions to like any of the bad stuff that was happening in my family, right? As a kid, you, you're not yeah, privy yeah. to that stuff. Yeah, 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 you yeah. don't see the behind the scenes yeah, like, fuck. Ah, fuck you, and all, yeah, like, yeah. all that. So you, you see none of that, yeah. right? So <clears throat> the way my parents did it or told me about it, I remember going with them to a lawyer's office. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely the worst way to go about yeah, yeah, telling yeah, a kid your parents yeah. are getting divorced. Yeah. Right? What so I, I go to the lawyer's office. As a kid, I was quite cluey. You know, yeah. I hadn't uh, muddled my brains with substances. I get there, and both of them are sitting there, and the, the lawyer, I remember the lawyer looking at my dad and saying, you know, if you sign this, she gets like this. You know, like, yeah. sign A, she gets B. Yeah. And he was like, yep, yeah, don't want to do that. Oh, really? And in my mind, I went, why wouldn't you want to give, like, said oh, thing? Oh, your wife money. Your wife money. Yeah. Like, or something like that. So I clued in right away. And then, whatever sign I was sitting there, I was like, what the fuck is Dude, going on? That's such I was a like, weird way. I know. I was like, going on like this is ridiculous yeah. get in the car mom's like yeah get a divorce at that moment something clicked for me really um i became in that moment not bitter not scorn but just i, I knew i had to be self-reliant right Whoa. um i remember that night i would like hug my dad i hugged my dad for about an hour and a half in the laundry room and he were just crying you know, like, hug, we just hugged each other. Yeah. And my dad, like, you could tell he was visibly shaken and sorry, you know? Yeah. He had been cheating on my mom and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. It, it was not good. It was not a great situation. Not good. Now, at that age, that kind of situation forces you to grow up very, very quickly. Yeah. Like, very quickly. I can't imagine 12-year-old Ricky. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty much the same. 13-year-old yeah. <laughs> Ricky was very similar to the Ricky you see today. Yeah. I, yeah honestly, Ricky. haven't changed. Yeah. Um, so, you know... Uh, it forces you to grow up very quickly. I remember telling my older brothers. I have an older brother, Justin, who's about 38. So there's, a, there's an 11-year uh, difference. I yeah. have another brother, Chris. He's uh, seven years difference, right? So when I told them, that wasn't an issue to them, right? Because they were like, we're older. Like, like yeah. you know, it wasn't an issue. Like, we'd yeah. seen it. They'd seen it coming. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I went from this happy, jovial kid to, you know, I became very insulated. Um, now, they say addiction is an adaptation to bonding. Right? What does that mean? So think of it this way. Like if you are, if you're supposed to bond with your father, right? Which is like a, you know, a general like biology. You have to bond with your father. He guides you through life in, in mm. certain situations, right? My dad wasn't there. Mm. He had left. He was gone. So I bonded to something that gave me peace and comfort and soothed me, right? Mm. Drinking, drugging, and partying. Yeah. That's when it all started. Whoa. I remember in grade five or six when my parents separated, I had my good friend Julian Guaylo. Um, we used to go to his house and his, he was like, you know, I mean, he was one of these typical, like, you know, only, uh, Chinese son to like Chinese parents who like the sun shone out of his ass. Like they loved him. Oh, right. They loved him. Yeah, like you know, yeah. whatever he said went. And I used to love going to his house because his mom would buy him booze. She bought him this stuff called zombie, which was like what? this in, in Canada, you can buy at the corner store, like Seven Eleven pre-mixed drinks. Yeah. Just same like the States. England. Yeah, same in England. You yeah. can just buy like, you know, beers, whatever. Mm. She would buy that for him at like 12 or 13. And I remember the first shot I had 
right? I mean, mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, your parents have given you a sip of beer and a sip of wine and stuff like yeah. that, but it did nothing. Yeah. But because I was broken in that moment, whether I realized it or not, I remember having that first drink and I lit up like a Christmas tree. Like Whoa. something just clicked with me. Really? I was like, this makes everything all right. No. Like this is good. Yeah. Right? Progresses. Progresses. I mean, grade six, I'm drinking. Yeah. Right? I'm sad. Yeah. We're not, not, not even that I know I'm sad. I'm drinking. High school hits. Right? Grade six, you're drinking. Grade six, I'm drinking, you know? And I'm, I, you know, I think I'm cool and whatever. Like I'm drinking. Julian and I drink. We used to steal his dad's Marlboro Lights and smoke Marlboro Lights. Where is this? Like outside the after school? Like This is, I remember, I'd go to Julian's place. We'd play like, you know, PS3 or whatever it is, or PS2. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his parents would just be there and we'd be having dinner and we'd be drinking. Like his parents would be like pouring us drinks. Like, I, I remember having uh, um, grappa. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I know. But I loved it, right? I took yeah. advantage of it. Yeah. So th- I remember them pouring us grappa. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. Like, I feel good. Yeah. Like, I finally, of all this chaos and like discontentment in my life, I feel good. Yeah. Okay. Things start to progress. Yeah. I leave uh, the school I'm in, go to the high school that my brothers went to. Yeah. So my dad was like, you're going to go to the high school that your brothers went to. Yeah, yeah. It's a rite of passage, whatever. Loyola High School, shout out to them. I'm sorry. Um, I <laughs> sorry. got kicked out. <laughs> I will beep it out. I will beep it out. I love you, Mr. Bernardchuk. You're great. Um, <laughs> I remember grade seven, right? I'm still hanging with Julian. We're peripheral friends, right? Because he's at the other school. I'm at this school. Yeah, yeah. I'm 13 yeah. in a bit. Could have been earlier, actually. But anyway, so we, we used to go to this Italian restaurant called Lanny's. Yeah. So Julian's dad, this Chinese guy, his name was Rambo, mm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Rambo's brother's name was Rocky. And Rocky's other brother name, or Rambo's other brother, was Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> that is the stupidest. But, but so Rambo used to like mix in with these like Italian, well, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> the Italian like mafia of Montreal. Like he used to hang out. So we used to go to this restaurant. I'd go with Julian when i go stay at his place. His dad would wake us up at midnight. And he would go, we're going to Lani's. We're going to go have a feed. And we're going to go chill. What is wrong with Julian's parents? <laughs> they were awesome. Yeah. Rest in peace, actually. Rambo passed away a couple years ago. Really? Uh, yeah, lung cancer. And I, I, I wasn't there for the funeral. It sucked. But he was I absolutely, I had some of the best times of my life at that age. You know? Yeah. But I remember going to this place and he would sing like Elvis karaoke and shit. And we'd hang out. And I remember Julian and I went to this, this restaurant, Lani's. The owner's son was smoking weed outside. Yeah. Right? It's just like ripping joints. And I remember with Julian, be like, hey, can we buy a five piece off you? Like, can we buy like, you know, half a gram or whatever yeah. of weed? And he like obviously gave us like a crumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were like, here's like, you know, $10. Like, yeah. what can that get us? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you, I'll give you this. Like, this is quite a bit. Like, don't worry about it. It's like some hydro or whatever. So we were yeah. like, oh, sick. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. I remember going back to Julian's place. We made a little apple pipe and smoked that. Well, that's, that's the first time. First you time. Drugs. 13 years old. Yeah. I smoked the joint. Or smoked, you know, an apple pipe, whatever. Yeah. Get to high school. My best friend, Dylan and I, uh, started smoking weed. Yeah. We, you know, I remember my brother um, knew some friends, and I, I, I had seen them around the neighborhood. I'm from Montreal West, which is like a kind of small little town in, in yeah. Montreal. You know, like waspy neighborhood, very yeah. affluent, whatever. Yeah. But we were just like, you know, spot rich kids doing whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. we were just... Causing a muck. Yeah. Absolute muck. I remember going to one of his friends, but like, can I buy, you know, some weed off you? One and of he's your like, brother's friends. One of my brother's friends. He's like, You're thirteen, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, so, can I buy some weed? And he's like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, absolutely, you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I uh, for about a year or two, I was just smoking weed and, and doing all this stuff like that and, and drinking, and I hadn't really touched any hard drugs. Yeah. Turned 15. Okay, now 15... Your boy didn't really grow up until he was about 19, physically. <laughs> what do you mean? I was a fat little kid. Oh, fat, right. chubby little yeah. kid with hair. I remember at 15, um, I was dating some girl at the time. Lost my virginity to this chick, Chelsea. She's a great girl, right? Should not have said her name on the pod. That's it, the pseudonym. It's not her real name. Nice. Nice. Saved. Done. Saved. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's definitely her real name. <laughs> it's 100% her real name. I'm sorry. Um, but her dad was um we always have weed around and stuff like that right he was like this old school hippie like whatever so i love dating her because like her dad and i would just smoke joints and chill and talk about yeah, music see like you 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 actually I, put yourself in the situation but see it's weird how like because my dad was around i started bonding to these father figures yeah in like a not a good way yeah right like people who are supplying me booze and drugs and all that yeah. stuff like that. i was like yeah you're cool like, yeah you provide me the like the the soothing you know that one needs from their father or yeah. guidance that they need. Yeah. The guidance was like teaching me how to sell hash and stuff like yeah. that. Like that wasn't like good, that yeah. wasn't good guidance. Yeah. Okay. Now at that age, you don't really have any hindsight into like what this stuff is doing for you or, or you know, like what, what you're really trying to numb or anything like that. You know, yeah. for the longest time, I just thought this is just helping. Like it's not helping. This is just fun. Yeah. Like, and that's the common misconception about addicts. Like a lot of them don't do it because they're in pain initially. It's just like, this is fun. Like, it clicks. Yeah. Like, you just fucking, it's awesome. Yeah. So, 15, me and this girl start hanging out. She's got some friends. We start getting mushrooms, psychedelics, right? So, I start doing mushrooms and acid at 15. Yeah. Opening my mind, you yeah. know? <laughs> I think. Yeah. Ma- just, like, literally in a park seeing fractals in the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing monumental, nothing anything. Yeah. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, I understand everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's not... It's not doing me any benefit, and I remember it was psychedelics at that point. 16, right? Yeah. Someone offers me a line of coke. That changed wow, my life forever. This is so crazy. So, like, I feel like we flew through that. Oh, it's, it's, this hasn't even begun yet. Yeah, I know. I feel like we flew through that, yeah. and it's a great pace. I know for a fact that cocaine yeah. is the one that got you. That's the one that got me. Yeah. That's the one that... So I want you to really... I'm going to slow it down. Yeah, I want you to talk, talk about me it. through exactly like... Yeah. Right. How these, these next steps, I want to know exactly how it all unfolded from here. Now... Because okay. up until this point... Sorry. Because yeah. up until this point, you're actually like... Just having fun, experimenting. Normal teenage experience, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, Normal yeah. teenage experience. Yeah. But I mean, even in hindsight, you know, I'd be smoking 10 to 12 joints a day and I'm like 13, 14. Like... That's not yeah. that's not normal. Like yeah. if you're like a kid from other people I've spoken to who don't have, you know, substance abuse issues, yeah. they're fine. Yeah. You know, they can have one and, and stop, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sixteen, right? One of my childhood friends who I knew, whatever, he was he was you know, hanging around, he was doing Adderall, he's doing all this shit like that. Yeah. He was like, Hey, do you want to do a line? Yeah. And this I was is still like, at the same high school that you've been at with the same high school your brothers went to. Yes, 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 yeah, right. Yeah. But th- these are peripheral friends. I never hung out with the kids at that high school because they all sucked. They're all like, you know, like, no. oh, like, what's what's doing, Bob? And they, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't like, yeah. Anyway. anyway, so he offers me a line. Now, I remember taking that line 
And within like 15 seconds, I was like, I want more. Whoa. It wasn't like I wrote it out and was like, whoa, that was great, man. Within 15 seconds of that first line, I went, I want another one. Whoa. Because I went, this feels fucking incredible. Holy shit. I went, this feels fucking awesome. All right. Now, I think within the week, I was buying bags. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Within the week, I was buying bags, and I was polishing them off to myself. Jesus I would f- I would finish, you know, maybe two bags in a night at 16. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah, right? And so it just it got progressively worse. Now, little known fact about cocaine, it uh, takes you to bad places. <laughs> yeah. So very quickly, you know, I didn't have a job. Yeah, you're 16. I'm 16, you know? A lot of kids are working 16. I wasn't. Yeah. I was just too busy partying and stuff. So how was I going to maintain my habit? Yeah. What was I going to do? And I started turning to crime. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what did you do? I I started selling drugs at yeah. 16 to support my habit. Yeah. I started stealing bikes around the neighborhood. Jesus. To support my habit. Yeah. I remember I would go and I would spot people's bikes. I'd I'd get on them. I'd ride them to a, the dealer's house, trade the bike for some lines, and go out and do it again. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So you were just I was exhibiting <gasps> addict tendencies. I was hooked, away. and I thought I was sweet. Really? I thought I was good. You know. Th- Addiction is cunning and baffling, right? Any substance is cunning and baffling. So it's going to make you think that you're okay. Life's great. Look, just go steal the bikes. Go steal the bikes and do more cocaine. That's that's normal. Like, that's what your brain tells you. It's what? like, this is normal. I'm sweet. I can go to school in the morning. This is fine. Really? I would spend all night outside stealing bikes and, uh, and going to this one dealer's house and trading it and whatever. I remember in my house, I'd take paintings off the wall and sell them to what buy the drugs. Fuck? Yeah. Who's buying just a random painting off the wall? Dude, there's a market for everything. Yeah. There is a market for everything. <laughs> like everything. You know, yeah. this cup I could pawn for a couple bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's how my mind operates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, quickly that landed me in some hot water. Yeah. Very hot water. I was picking up some weed from a friend's place. Not really a friend, a peripheral friend. Yeah, you love the peripheral friend term that I've N- never heard. I, but you know why? Because peripheral friend is somebody you don't let yeah, in. No, I get Just that. somebody, an acquaintance, right? Yeah. I didn't let many people in because mm. I had become this insular, yeah. I can take care of myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, my dad's gone, whatever. I've been forced to grow up. That's all good. Okay? Yeah. I remember specifically this guy I'd known and I'd liked, and he was a good guy, but because I was so high on Coke, I know he left his house. We just we went to the, his his dad's house to make the deal. I saw him. Uh, I knew that he had not locked the door to the house. He had left. I came back an hour later and I ransacked that house. Yeah. I took the TV. I took fucking all this no shit. No way. Yeah. You're a fucking crazy guy. I put it in the cab and I took it to the dealer's place and I pawned like a 60-inch TV. Like, but you know what? Like, I thought I was so sly. <laughs> So many neighbors saw me trying to shove like a 60-inch TV into a cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was so lucky that at that same time, I had done a similar thing with that girlfriend. Right? Mm-hmm. So the dad, she had left the door in law. We weren't seeing each other at the time. The dad, I knew he had hash in the house. I went and stole half a kilo of hash. What? Yeah. And then like sold that and then bought and Coke. Sold that and was doing whatever. You know, just, yeah. just running amok. I was just, you know rolling whole joints using the paper hash as the paper <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like it's it's just when i think back at this stuff it's like complete insanity right yeah. 
I remember going to a high school friend's house, and I remember getting a caller ID, right? So I was sitting. This is after I robbed both places, right? Yeah. Within about 24 to 48 hours, okay? I remember sitting I feel there. like we're flying through the story, but yeah. No, I'm no. Trying no. not to interrupt. Yeah, don't. Go. There's not much more to tell them now. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm, this is, there's incriminating stuff I can't talk yeah. about. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Statute of limitations is not up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, whatever. So I'd stolen these things. I'm at a friend's house. We're smoking the hash. We're having a good time. I've sold the TV. We're doing the Coke. Yeah. All within 48 hours. All within 48 hours. Yeah. But I could turn something in like 45 minutes if I wanted to. Yeah. Like that's how my mind worked at that age, right? Yeah. Just a scumbag. An absolute, like, not a good person. Yeah. Um, no hindsight. And, you know, my poor mom was at home waiting for me all the time, and I never showed her any respect or anybody any respect. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was just out doing my own thing. Yeah. Being a cool kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember at this house, I got a call on my phone. One sec. I got a call on my phone. And it was the dad of the guy's house I robbed. Yeah. So the dad's house. And you're all coked up and shit. And I'm all coked up and I see the caller ID. It's so-and-so. And I go, holy fuck. My heart sinks. Mm. I go home. It's like three in the morning. I go into the basement. That was my usual modus operandi was, you know, whenever I'd come home, I'd sneak in. I'd go sleep in the basement on the couch and watch TV. Yeah. Just yeah. to like, you know, my mom would be upstairs, whatever. Yeah. Now, usually she would, like, come down and say, like, what are you doing? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, ah, oh, shut up. Like, whatever, you know? Nothing happened. I remember going to the house and being like, this is weird. I woke up, and I knew shit had hit the fan when my dad was sitting there. Oh, really? My dad was in the house. <laughs> and I went, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Spaghetti go. Yeah. I right? have not gotten away with this. I have not gotten away with it. Both my mom and my dad were sitting there and said, sit down. Yeah. And said, so-and-so's father has called us, said this and this and this. He's not pressing charges. And to me, the first thing I thought was, fucking idiot. Yeah. I went, fucking idiot. I'm going to get away with it. Yeah. You know? And also, fucking idiot, mom. Why would you tell me that? Keep me scared. Yeah, keep, keep me scared. Times. Yeah. Well, they were like, you could have gone to jail. I was like, yeah, could have. Yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. You know? And I very well could have. You know, I know yeah. that I know the impact of that now. You know? Yeah. I'm so lucky. I count my lucky stars. Yeah. So, the dad meets up with my dad and me. Jesus Christ. Sits me down in a second cup, which is like a Starbucks in Canada. Yeah. Old second cup, eh? Like, yeah. fucking go for a coffee, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because my dad's going to repay them. I couldn't repay the yeah. shit I'd stolen. It was about three grand worth of stuff. That's ridiculous. My dad paid it off. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't want his little boy going to jail or whatever, you know? And yeah. My dad was like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because he wasn't like, you know, I didn't have respect for the guy at that time. Like, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, don't tell me what to do. Don't do whatever. Pay it off and fuck off. You yeah. know? Um, That's fucked. You have the craziest attitude. As I had, I, I was, I was, you? I'm 27 now. No. How old was I then? Yeah. 16. Yeah. 16, maybe 17. Yeah. Okay. And so this guy goes, he's a neuroscientist. Mm the guy whose house I robbed. Jesus Christ. And he lays down, he goes, look, you got issues. Right? Oh, right. He goes, I'm not mad at you. He goes, you need to go to rehab. You need cognitive behavioral therapy. You need, he lays out a list of stuff that I need. Really? And you're not having a bar. I'm not having, I am so tuned out. I'm drinking my like frappuccino or whatever, just like sitting there being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like smiling and Yeah, all, being you know? such a fucking... Just a little piece of shit. Yeah. Like a little arrogant piece of shit. Right? 
I thought I was on top of the world. Drugs were fun. Still fun at this point. Yeah. Right? You things were still fun. I think you had a problem. I had, I think because I had done so many psychedelics, right? Yeah. I was like, nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing matters. And that's the trap of psychedelics. It can, it can lend itself to an existential nihilistic point of view, right? Where yeah. you go, in the grand scheme of things, we are a blip in the stars. Yeah, like, but yeah, like, yeah. it's so, that's just being depressed. But yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. I was like, yeah, like, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, Life's yeah. a game. You're crazy. It's dude. all a game. Dude. You know? Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> I was like, it's all a game. Yeah. Like nothing is actually real. Yeah. Right? That's what I thought. Yeah. So he pays it off. My parents go, do you need help? And I go, yeah, fuck it. I'll go to rehab. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I accept it. You know, they, they, they reached out their hand. They said, do you need help? And I said, if it gets you off my back, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Right. I go. Oh, that's a good, that's a, you, that's a step in the right fucking direction. Step in the right direction. It's a first step in the right direction. A first step in the right direction. All right, go. I go. Yeah. Okay. I love it. It's great. You know, yeah. I'm in there with bikies. I'm in there with people. <laughs> I mean, I'm in there with all people who I like, you know, who are also comfortable with the amount of chaos in their life. Yeah. You yeah. know, I found peace in that chaos. Yeah. yeah. I found peace in being a, a reckless, like little shit. Yeah. That's where I found happiness. And those people did too. So I was able to relate to that and relate yeah. to these stories. Right. Yeah. Do the month. Because you're sitting down in this rehab and you're sitting in a circle and you're like... You're talking, talking about... And you're feel, hearing their stories. But still at that age, like you're not developed. You have no insight. There's yeah. no inward, you know, self-introspection, right? Yeah. So, so you're not like... You're not thinking like, well, oh, well, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe I do feel that way. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when can I get out of here? Yeah. When can I rack up a line? No. And that's, and that's all I thought the whole time. I said, I'll just do it. I'll try it. You know? I was, I was, I was one to be like, I'll just try it. Yeah. I tried it. Start going. Month. Right. And that's when I was first introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. It was back when I was about 17, 18. Yeah. Right? I started going to meetings. Loved it. But at that age, you still have an ego. You're still finding out who you are. So I always thought I was better than everyone else, right? Yeah. I was like, I don't have a problem. Yeah. I can turn it off and on whenever I want. Yeah. In hindsight, when I'd have a beer, I'd have 57. <laughs> yeah. And pass out. Yeah. And piss my pants. Dude, that thing that you said to me, say that thing that you said to me. What? One like what? Yeah, so... One is too many and a thousand's never enough. Yeah. That's what they say in the rooms, you know, where you say like that first drink is what does me. Yeah. I cannot drink and, and you know, that's fine. Other people can have one drink and stop. If I have one drink. Yeah. There's an itch. There's an anxiety in yeah. my, the pit of my stomach that I cannot quench. It's like there's a little fire burning in my stomach and no matter how much water or booze I fucking try and quench it with, it doesn't go out. Whoa. After the first one. After the first one. Yeah. And then I'll be about, you know, 15 schooners in. Yeah. And I'm still going. Yeah. You know, five days. I'm Jesus. still going. Yeah, that's I'm crazy. not stopping. Yeah. I'm not sleeping. I'm not stopping. I'm doing whatever. So I get out of rehab at the time. I'm in Montreal. All my friends are still out doing rack and shit like that. Mm. Right? The decision is made when I'm 18 that I should move back to Australia. Because my dad... The decision's made for you or you the decision's made, decision. made for me. Yeah. Because my parents didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. Right? I wasn't a good kid. Yeah. I was a real piece of shit criminal kid. Yeah. You know, I wasn't good. I hurt people physically, violently. You know, like I did some bad stuff. Yeah. Now, my dad had moved back to Australia to retire there. Okay. Yeah. So he says, come back, live with me. Maybe a change of scenery will be good for you. That's what's known as a geographical. Right. In the rooms. Like people think they can solve the problems by moving away. And later on in the story, we'll talk about why I moved to Canada. <laughs> 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 moved back to Canada. Yeah. Absolutely escaped and didn't speak yeah, to anyone. That's a, that's a, there's a term for that. The it's geographical. called the geographical. Yeah. Right. Right. So 
you know, my parents at that time were of the mindset, like, you know, he's got a problem with booze, but maybe he'll be able to control it at some point, right? I'm 18. I get to Australia. What do I do? I become a chef. I've always loved food. The one constant in my life was that my mom was always a good cook, and she was, I was always at her hip just looking at what she was cooking. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I was also going to bring up when you said you'd go home and sit in the basement and watch TV. You were watching cooking shows. I, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. watch the Food Network until yeah. I passed out. I remember you telling me that. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it was the one constant in my life that I really enjoyed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh so i'm i go to culinary school yeah okay finish about two months of it yeah okay eventually i did complete it but i started working in restaurants yeah. now i love this this i love this part tell us talk about all the cons that you pulled yeah all right so when i started working in restaurants i started working at a restaurant called china lane in sydney yeah right that was my first ever restaurant i was a first year apprentice making ten dollars an hour yeah talk about how nice the restaurant is for the people that aren't from sydney it's a great restaurant you know it's a nice kind of like chinese fusion place it looks like it's a uh it looks like it's a kind of restaurant at a blade runner it was very nice all right right i worked there ben hay with the chef great guy whatever but my you know when i came to australia my drinking i'd stopped you know I, i was stopped for a while yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing with hospitality, right? Mm. And this is a huge, huge issue in hospitality is that, first of all, you're 18 years old, or I was 18 years old, and you're working sometimes 70 hours a week more, right? You have no social life, and everyone, the industry is fueled with piss, fucking cocaine, yeah. everything, crystal meth, everything. Not even, not only the people who work there. But also the people attending these venues. Do you know how many like uh, people racking up in in the kitchen? You know, doing whatever, yeah. like doing all this stuff that's just awful. So, to me, I loved it. Yeah, you're like perfect. I was like, I'm a pirate on a pirate ship. Like that's what I thought. We were all just working, slogging, like hard hours, yeah. burning self, just extreme. Like, you know, stress levels. You're never, you're never happy. Like, yeah. you're never content. It's like varying degrees of stress. And sometimes it's less stressful, but sometimes it's more stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. So we'd be pumping covers and stuff like that. I'd be going out getting blackout. Yeah. Like, absolutely blackout. After the shift, boom. Boom. After the shift, even during the fi- during the shift, you yeah. know? Just fucking slamming stuff. The whole kitchen would be doing it. Not, yeah. not so much at China Lane. Maybe at other restaurants. China Lane was pretty good um, in terms of that. It was very intense. And I remember I just quit because I burnt out, you know? I, I, I had been drinking too much. I you know wouldn't show up for work. All this kind of stuff that comes with addiction and yeah. substance abuse. Go to my next restaurant. Now this, at the time, I wasn't doing much blow, right? Because yeah. here I found out it's like $300 a gram. Yeah. In Canada, it was 60 bucks a gram. So I could get away with it. Yeah. You know, I could do so, and it was so much better and stuff like that. And so I just didn't, I never risked it. I started working at this other restaurant, um, don't mention the name. I know, oh, no, no, it's it's in Glebe. I'll just say that. Yeah, great, great restaurant. It's unfortunately closed down now. And the head chef there is one of like one of my best mentors, like one just a great guy. Um, um, and I remember going there, and you know, I started partying there a little bit, just staff drinks and stuff. I'd go home. I was I was working, whatever. And then my pastry chef would always be like, zooming around the kitchen, you know. Yeah. And I'd be like, how does this motherfucker work so hard? Yeah. Like, why am I always tired at the end of the day, and why is he not? Yeah. And I remember asking him one day, I said, what 
like why how are you moving this quick like how are you getting shit done yeah I mean, granted the guy looked like he's off his fucking nut yeah but i was like how are, like, i want to know how you knew the answer you were just kind of because i had so, i had some motivation back then right yeah. that industry in order to get ahead there's a target on everyone's back ahead of you right so you take out the person in front of you if you want to be a junior sous chef you work for chef the party you do everything the, the junior sous chef does and you do his job better and that's how you become a junior sous chef mm-hmm. along the way it's a very caustic and, and bad environment, right? It's just like, it's pure stress. So I asked him and he said, I smoke ice. Yeah. I went, what's that? You know, you know in Canada, we call it crystal meth or Tina or whatever it is. Yeah. And so he's like, I smoke crystal meth. Yeah. And I went, oh, like, let me try that. Yeah. I'm open to drugs. And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I take a few hits of the pipe. Still at this point that you just don't accept that you have a problem. I don't accept that I have a problem. Drugs are still I th- fun for you. I think this is normal. Yeah. Like, I'm under the illusion. Like, I have no illusion to the fact that normal people don't do this. Yeah. Like, normal people don't, you know, work 15 hours, go out to Goldfish and King's Cross on ice, you know, go back to work for another 15 hours having not slept. Yeah. Being awake for 40 hours, you know? That's absurd. And I was like, that's just run of the mill. Like, that's just normal, right? Keep working in that restaurant. Keep using crystal meth. Jesus Christ. Keep smoking crystal meth. Yeah. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, it's the fact where I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, my, I visibly look awful. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I'm a mess of a human. Yeah. I burn out again. Yeah. Right. I don't show up to work. I get sacked. Let, let me tell you, I've been fired for pretty much every job because of drugs. Yeah. Not because they found it, but just because, you know, my, I just became a bad, it, because Dude, of what, yeah. It's a common, like, thing, story. I became like, you know, just a, a, an undesirable employee. Yeah. Right. Go to another restaurant. This continues for a couple years. You know, years. This continues. Just drugging, boozing, drugging, boozing, drugging, boozing. Until I'm about 21. Yeah. Or until I'm about 22. Right? So that's four years in Australia of just consistent drinking and drugging. Yeah. Like, I remember going to the cross once and spending my entire paycheck on pingers. Like, I bought 20 pingers. This is a funny story, a little side story, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the cross one night, and I was working at China Lane. So this is my first restaurant. Yeah. I go to the cross, meet up with my buddies who's an artist, and, and we're, we're hanging out and, and just doing whatever. And uh, I, once I have a drink, right, you know, I'm, I don't like being down. So I like the upper, yeah. right? So when I'm down, I counteract with an upper to yeah. get to stability. Yeah. When, in fact, being sober is just stability. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. I'm just chasing... It makes the sense to the drug brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes sense to me, yeah. right? Because I'm constantly on my own pharmacist trying to, like, yeah. equal out how I feel yeah. always. Yeah. Benzos, this, 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 yeah. whatever. And so, I do that. And uh, I remember going and spending my entire paycheck on ecstasy. Like, 20 pills. Yeah. And I spent the next uh, next day just off my nut at the Sydney Opera House, like at Opera <laughs> Bar, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the sun and uh, I fell asleep because yeah. I've been up for a long time. So I was like, I'll just have a little power nap. 40 degree day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wake up. Nobody woke me up. Yeah. Absolutely no one tugged to my shoulder and said, hey, buddy, it's time to wake up. Yeah. I woke up and my face was so burnt. I had blisters already forming mm. on my face, like like pussy nodules on my no. face just absolutely and I was like oh and I had work that night so I walk into work having been wasted on pingers and fucking burnt <laughs> and they just go what are you doing here <laughs> like you should be in the hospital and I was like what are you talking about like I can work I'm fine whatever they're like Mike go home 
Yeah. Like, go home. Anyway, so at, at a different restaurant, year progress. I'm, 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 I'm working at this restaurant in Glebe now. It ends in me being awake for a few days and just collapsing in King's Cross. And I wake up in the hospital. When was this? This was... Like, well, well, I felt like... So this was when I was working at the restaurant in Glebe. Oh, right, yeah. Right, so towards the end of that, I, I wake up in St. Vincent's. Yeah. And I had been awake for so many days that I just, my body conked out. Yeah. I just passed out, right? My family's there. They're, like, just hugging me and shit like that. They're, yeah. like, they're just happy that I'm alive. And, yeah. and, you know, it was just very scary. And I'm hugging my brother. And, and my brother is one of my best friends. How are they not? But, like, bro. It's, it's weird, you know? Like, they can't. Obviously, they know I have a problem. You got to stop. You got to stop. You got to stop. But you know, I'm my own person, right? Like, I have to make the decision, you yeah. know? In these situations, you have to be at such a low that there's no other option than to get sober, you know? Yeah. Like, that is the, the only way you can get sober is where it gets so bad. Yeah. So, I'm in the hospital, whatever. I get admitted to a psychiatric unit mm. because I've just lost my mind. You know, I'm, I'm partying, I'm drinking, whatever. I go into a, a four-week uh, inpatient. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's actually, shout out to U-Space. That's actually a fantastic faci- facility, uh, St. Vincent's. I see that around, yeah. St. Vincent's yeah, is yeah. A, one of the best youth facilities. I was actually on the upper tier of, like, age for that, for that kind oh, of really? whatever, yeah. So when, when was this? When you were 23? This is when I was about 20, 22, I reckon, mm-hmm. right? I'm 22, and I get out of this place, and... While I'm in there, you know, some sense gets knocked in, knocked into me. Not not through the therapy, not through any of that, but through the the fact that I start seeing people who have actual complex mental disorders. Yeah. You know, uh, schizophrenia, yeah. schizoaffective disorder, like you know, bipolar one, bipolar two. Yeah. And I don't have that, it, but to me, I get that moment of clarity. You know, where it says that could be me, if I keep using. Yeah. Like I could end up like that. So is that how they ended up like that, or? No, I mean sometimes it, you know sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes it just happens. You know your brain can just be wired in the wrong way. You know, yeah. um, but there is drug-induced schizophrenia. If it's in your family, it can be emerged. It become yeah. emerged, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, I'm not gonna do drugs and drink anymore. Nice, dude. Two and a half years or three years, I was sober. Okay, so this is the first time you got sober. Probably. And this is when I met you guys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think I remember meeting you. I remember going to a party in. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. still using it. I, okay, yeah. So I met you. I was still using it at that point, yeah. and we were stealing booze from the girl's house. Yeah. And, like, we'd left the party. You're in a cab. Harry's yeah. in a cab. And I, cab I'm like, alcohol. no, no. I'm like, wait. I run back into the house, <laughs> come out with bottles over, like, the ledge. I'm like, yeah. bro, go, 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 go. And I'm yeah. fucking, I've got bottles. We're, like, giving bottles of alcohol to the taxi driver. Yeah. He's doing burnouts yeah. and shit. <laughs> like, it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was shoving over post yeah, office things yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Okay, so that's what I meant. That's when you yeah, met me. I don't remember you being not sober. Like, I remember you being not sober very briefly. Yes, yeah. so very briefly. Yeah. That's when that, and then, yeah. then I got admitted to that shit. So I met you amongst that. Yeah. I got admitted, came out, and then I was sober for about two or three years. And I was sober Ricky. You yeah, know, you so walk, you walk. Yeah, by the way, we called Michael Ricky. We've probably called you Ricky the whole pod. Yeah. And you want to know how it developed? What? Michael Bobbin. Yeah, yeah. My last name is Bobbin. You yeah. called me Bobby. Yeah. Right? Then you called me Robbie. Yeah. And then it just went straight to Ricky. 
No, that is Ricky Bobby. And Ricky Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Ricky Bobby for Ricky. for years. Yeah. And then just Ricky. Yeah, and then just Ricky. Now like Ricky Steve. Yeah, Ricky Steven. Steve, the Steven. They, yeah. just, they just call me Steven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So. Um, and then... So, yeah, I was sober that time, you know, and I had a great time. You know, I, I was sober and I love it. But the thing is, I didn't have the program of Alcoholics Anonymous in, in my life, which is the 12 steps and all that stuff like that. So there's, there's a way for living within Sorry. AA. And, you know, I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't doing any of that. Now, I, um, I went to London. Yeah. Right? But I went to London and I met up with you in London. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I I was sober up until that point, right? Yeah. And in my own head, I hadn't been going to programs. I'm doing any of that. We went to a party and yeah. uh, for one of my friends. And I, in that moment, for some reason, whatever it was, I went, you know what? I'm in London. Yeah. Like, how often am I in London? Yeah. So I asked around at the party. And it was very hard to find. And... Um, <laughs> 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 it wasn't like it was everywhere. Yeah. Um, it was very, very difficult to yeah. find. <laughs> and so I, I procured some and whatever, and, and I relapsed. You know, <laughs> I, I relapsed because yeah. I was like, you know, and they say that people, places, and things get you, right? So places. I was in London. I was abroad. It was my first time alone yeah, in London. Geographical. Geographical, whatever. I was alone. I, that's not what a geographical is. We'll explain that later because <laughs> you clearly didn't get it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd done like a uh, – Absolute head spin from that fucking <laughs> – Blew <laughs> yeah, me these away. These vapes, these new QV vapes just rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in London by myself, and, and it was awesome, you know. It was a great time. Yeah. But I immediately the, – the pit of despair in my stomach – having busted after two and a half years, three years. Bro, I'm sorry I didn't fucking, but... No, no it's not you. Know, it's, like, not, it's not you. Yeah, you know? I didn't like, even know you were going through no, this. Like, dude, I, I, I didn't even know you broke. I thought you were sober the whole time. You yeah, for years like, after yeah, as well. Yeah, like years <laughs> after you told me. It's fucking bullshit. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. You're responsible. You, don't, you should not feel responsible, yeah. right? A lot of people think they should feel responsible, but they don't. I am the cunning, you know, baffling you very, addict. You are very cunning. I've learned that recently, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I... Go back to uh, I go back to Australia after my little holiday, yeah. right? And I stay sober a little bit just through you know my family. I'm living with my brother at this time, and my brother doesn't like to see me wasted, whatever. Yeah. So I I can I can do that. You know I can stay sober for him. Yeah. Situation for the family until I didn't. You yeah. Know, until it started to get bad again, right? So I had been using in secret for a long time. You know, a long time. I was drinking beers. I was doing whatever. I was doing yeah. coke. I was going out. And I, yeah. I didn't see much of anyone, really. Yeah. You know? And I was just going mincing about doing the same yeah. thing I was doing a long time so ago. So I was living overseas at this time. So I didn't even know. Like, I didn't see any of this. You I were living overseas. Yeah. 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 So you were in London doing your yeah. degree there. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, was going out and doing things and whatever. And, you know, I'd gone back to Montreal. This was about two or three years ago. Okay? Yeah, I remember this. So I went back to Montreal and, you know, visited. And it was fucking awesome. Awesome. You know, just because like, uh, no, 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 this is, this is a different time. Oh, what? Well, we're not even there yet. Oh, whoa. We're not even there yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd gone back to Montreal, visit my friends. Obviously, cocaine's cheap there, so I just partied for two weeks, right? Yeah. And I remember partying with my good friend Max, and I was at his apartment. We were hanging out and doing whatever, and, you know, I'd gotten back to Canada. It was a couple – I'd gotten back to Australia after that little trip to Canada to visit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know – it turns out that Max, about a month or two later, had died. 
Jesus um, Christ, man. He had died in a, um, I think he'd fallen asleep with a cigarette. And he, yeah, the smoke inhalation got him. And this was one of my best childhood no, like friends. No, like he fell asleep with a cigarette in the house. The house, the smoke inhalation, he became brain dead at the hospital. The house the, become on fire. You didn't even say that. Yeah, it was on fire, but they put it out, right? right? So the, it was okay. It wasn't that crazy, yeah. right? But the smoke, the smoke had got to him, and it uh, he was rendered brain dead at the hospital. And I remember getting a call from my one of my other best friends, Patrick, Patrick Mayer, and he is, um, and he called, and he's like, you know, Max is dead. And I was just in the hospital, and I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I was just with Max like two months ago. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't, I didn't get it, right? My mom calls me. She goes, Mike, where are you? I said, I'm at home. Why? She goes, are you at home? We're coming right now. They come over, and they go, are you sitting down? Like, sit down. And I go, what are you talking about? And I went, it's because Max is dead, right? She goes, how'd you know? And because Pat had told me. But, you know, she or my mom was best friends with Max's mom. Mm. You know, I had gone to elementary school with Max my whole life. I mean, for the, for the six years that I was in elementary school or whatever. Yeah. I'd known him. We'd hung out yeah, yeah, so yeah. many good times. Friend, good yeah. friend. He's a good friend. Yeah. You know, a good, good, good friend. Uh, um, and... I lost it at that point. I just completely lost it. You know, I was just crying and drinking and, and using, you know, and I couldn't go to the funeral because I didn't have any money. You know, I just went on booze. So that just fueled the hate and the anger. Yeah. And this is when, to me, the drugs stopped being fun. You know, it wasn't yeah. all those times before. It yeah. stopped being fun. It stopped, they stopped working. Yeah. You know, I could do, you know, three grams of Coke in a night and it wouldn't do anything for me. Yeah, this is the switch, dude. This is the switch. This is where it got really fucking sad. Yeah. And, you know, I, at that point, I was in such a bad way. I made the decision that I need to just get out. You know, I needed to leave Australia. I needed to whatever. My dad had left and moved back to Canada, Victoria, B.C., and was in Victoria, B.C., and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go live with my dad for a year. Or, yeah. or however long. I'm just moving back to Canada. Now, I didn't yeah. tell any of you where I went. Yeah. I just left. Yeah. I was not here at that point. I, I just... Still overseas. I completely just, like, bombed. I, d- yeah. I pulled the Dave Chappelle and just, like, went to South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I just left. Yeah. I, w- I, went to my, uh, I went to Victoria, BC. Yeah. So, I was in British Columbia. It was fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. It was beautiful. I had started a new life. Yeah. You know, somewhat, you know? I was, yeah. I was starting to get some semblance of... Peace, inner peace, and whatever. Were you still using? No. I, 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 I made the decision. I was living with my dad at the time, and I made the decision I, I wasn't going to use, and then I got my own apartment. Mm. And then when I got my own apartment, you know, I didn't really deal with Max's death in a healthy way. Yeah. So whenever you push something off like that, like, it's, it's always going to come back. Yeah. If you don't deal with the emotions and stuff like that, you bottle it up, it's going to explode. Yeah. So I got my own apartment. I was down on, you know, Fort and Wharf. It's a beautiful area down where the seaplanes come into the city. Yeah. I was working at a real estate company. Yeah. I was doing real estate marketing, whatever. Apparently, I'm a real estate agent now. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked it, and I was, I was doing pretty good at my job. But at the same time, like, you know, in the back of my head, I was still like, I'm going to use. Jesus. Like, I'm, I, I know it. So I purposely, at one point, I was living by myself. I purposely went on a date to find a Coke dealer. Yeah. That's like the cunning mind. I yeah. went on a date with some girl and said, hey, like after the date, whatever. I just used her to get a cocaine dealer. Yeah. Found you knew co- that she used coke. You, fuck, you did it on the chat. Yeah, you know, but like my, I'm so like good at just being like, hey, it's so like, what's the coke like here? Like, uh, you know, I right. miss it and yeah. stuff like that. Like, yeah. I just like depraved shit, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, very nice girl. 
and uh, I never saw her again. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I used I, – I, I got my dealer's number, boy. And Why I – would you say the name? Not his real name. Okay. Not his real name. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I would spend my entire paycheck yeah. on Coke. Yeah. I would buy an eight ball for $260. Yeah. Which is so cheap. Yeah. The entire paycheck that you get at being a real estate agent in BC. No, I'd make... $260. Uh, <laughs> because you clearly... Because... Not on a salary. Because in Canada, yeah. we make $3 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> we used to make $260 a week. Um, but I would spend it all on blow. And I would do it all and... You know, my my days and whatever were filled with blood pouring down my face, uh, being awake for two days, smoking cigarette butts out in the alley behind my apartment. Yeah, not liking this. Like this is a post switch. You're hate. You're not even liking doing the drugs. I'm not even. It's liking not it. feeling. It's good. not. It's not fun anymore. You know, like it's not good. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. I eventually get fired from that job. Yeah. Right. Completely fired from that job, obviously. <laughs> the reason why I got fired was because I had gone into the office. I had a key to the office, whatever. I had gone in with a date and just grabbed some beers from the office fridge. Oh. Little do they know. Little do they – whatever. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all I did. Yeah, I know. Right? They were like, check the cameras. They are like, did you go to the office last night and take a couple of beers? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you're fired. <laughs> The bar the crazy yeah, but you know, I think they took it as I, I was. I wasn't pulling my weight. No, you know, I yeah. wasn't pulling my weight. Like I, I know people were drinking in there and taking boots from there before. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. You know, like I have some sense about me. Yeah, you know, you're a small kid. You're a cute kid. You know. Yeah. Um. So, I I do that. I get fired. Whatever. Things just start to snowball. I find myself with no money. Yeah. You know, just whatever. I'd be at food banks. You know, waiting in line with all the people on wel- welfare to get food for the week. I didn't have money, you know. What the fuck? I know. But I had a nice apartment. Spoken to your dog. Huh? You just spoke to your dog. I never could ever speak to my family. And that's the, yeah. the main issue we'll talk about in a bit was, you know, I just couldn't feel like I could. You know, yeah. even though they said you can just speak to us, I never felt like I could. Yeah. Um, not because I was ashamed, but just, you know. I get it. They dude. couldn't provide the, the soothing or whatever. Like, I just like, didn't give did, a fuck. Th- yeah. You know, you didn't I think had you had anything to gain from it. I had at 13 become so self-reliant in my own ways that no one else could help me. Like I was like, I'll fucking help myself and fuck you. Yeah. Like don't try and help me. I don't want your advice. Yeah. Don't give me anything. And it's also like you don't know half the shit that goes on in this town. You're living in your own little bubble. Not you. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, like, I was like you have no yeah. idea what this life is like. Yeah. You know? And I love this life. Part of me still loved it. I romanced it, you know? Like yeah. I loved being in the as Rick James called the abyss. Oh, yeah. The abyss. Like, I, I dwelled in the abyss, yeah. you know? Uh, so then, you know, my, my dad comes to my apartment. I'm, you know, I'm pissing in bottles because I'm afraid to go to my own bathroom. Like, I'm that's just... That's how bad you've got it. That's how bad I've got. The psychosis has set in, and I'm, I'm just not leaving my apartment. And so what are you doing cocaine at this point? I'm just doing, like, gorilla fingers of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute slugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, you know, an eight ball a day. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Uh, you know, uh, easily 20 grams a week of cocaine. Yeah. Which is fucked. Not good for your heart, not good for your body. Yeah. You know, at all. You know, That's blood's blood's up. pouring out of my face. I'm blowing chunks of my septum out yeah. when I blow my nose. Like, it's not good. My yeah. kidneys are hurting. My liver's hurting. I'm, like, just becoming a shell of a human. I'm, my, I'm wasting away. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not whatever. 
And I don't understand why I can't stop. Mm. You know? Through all of that, I try and control it. And it drives me fucking insane. You know? I try and have, you know... I'll just have, you know, instead of a whole bag, I'll have half a bag. You know? And I don't understand why when I go out for a drink, I can't just have one. To this day, you still don't actually fully understand it? Or you no, I do now. There? No, I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do 100% now because yeah. I'm an alcoholic. You know, yeah. I, I hadn't fully accepted I was a drug addict alcoholic. Yeah, but we'll right? get there. We'll get there. So I come back come back to, um, come back to Australia. Yeah. This was about two years ago, yeah. right? I go into a rehab, Northside Clinic, uh, yeah. run by the Ramsey Health Center. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. Great rehab, great facility. Yeah. Um, I spend a month there. They put me on an antidepressant. Yeah. Um, and it was called Cymbalta. For, for any of those who people who want to get antidepressants, obviously speak with your like psychiatrist or you know prescribing doctor about it. They can be very beneficial. Yeah. The one I was put on was not beneficial for me, and I did not follow up with the doctor about it. I became very lethargic, somnolescence. The somnolescence never left, which is being tired during the day. Yeah, it was constantly awesome. yawning. Yeah. I know it's because you're dumb. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's a big word for you. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what that means, and I still don't remember the word now. Somnolescence. Yeah, um, I uh, I took this medication. Whatever things started to get bad. I at this time was working for Rolex. Yeah, I remember um, this. I was working in sales for Rolex as a watch salesman. You know that he's had Ricky. It's Ricky many hats over here because I have had it, so yeah. many different careers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But none of them I've enjoyed. No, I ever, I only just got them because I, you know, you convince yourself you love them at the time for like for a week. Yeah, and then I go, this is boring. Yeah, but that's typical addict behavior. Like yeah. I don't know who I am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have absolutely without take substances away, I have no idea who I am. Yeah. That's like right. absolutely no idea. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's coming. You'll get there. I'll get there. I'm already. I'm starting to find out. Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm a piece of shit. Um. <laughs> 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 but uh, so I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I come back. I do the rehab. I get out. I'm on this antidepressant. Whatever. Coronavirus hits. Boom. Boom. Yeah. So I remember this. Like I'm back here. I'm with you. Yeah. Coronavirus hits. I'm not working now. You know, I get sacked from the job. Obviously, I'm expendable. I was the only white guy at the business trying to capture the white market in watches. Yeah. And guess what? Asians weren't buying watches, so the white people were definitely not buying watches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I immediately get sacked. Yeah. Like first day of Corona. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Later. <laughs> we don't even know if this is gonna affect business, but you're out. We we literally this could be a negative for our business, but we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it surely wasn't a negative. It was an absolute positive for the business. And they probably yeah. flourished and yeah. <laughs> done super well of without me. Uh, I sold maybe six watches. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so I go, oh, cool, whatever, Corona. I start milling around. You know, yeah. I'm not really thinking. This antidepressant makes me quite complacent, you know. I don't know what that really means. Complacent means like you just don't care, like this or that. Like you don't really give a shit, I you know. You're like, <laughs> no, no, complacent means like you're like, you know, I'll just take the back seat. Okay. On life. Yeah. You go, fucking whatever, you know? Things could happen. Someone could die, whatever. I just go, eh. Like, I don't have any feeling towards it, you know? It, yeah. made, it made me a zombie, right? Yeah. I, uh, I think it'd be worth mentioning. I remember when you said you, you forgot to take a pill one day. Yeah, so these this medication, I forgot to take a pill one day. Uh, I hit the floor thinking I was having a heart attack. Yeah. My I went strict tunnel vision and called the ambulance on myself. <laughs> they said I was completely fine. Yeah. And then called the ambulance on myself again 20 minutes later. Yeah. 
And but I was using it during that time. So it was hard to tell. So I was doing the Ugdras at that time, you know. Okay, so I skipped forward. You skipped forward a little bit. Anyway, that's all right. That. That's all right. I'm, you know, I'm going to learn. I'm sorry for the listeners. That's out okay. And, and, and all you need to do is just, you know, shut the fuck up. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I started using, right? Coronavirus happened. I got access to a large sum of money. I'm not going to mention where from. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Spent it all. Yeah. $8,000. So wait, you, I, I fucked it up the story. You're complacent on this drug. You're taking a back seat. Coronavirus hits. Coronavirus happened. I'm around. not working. I'm sitting at home. I'm doing nothing. I'm just letting the hair grow, letting the beard grow, letting myself go. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, you know, start to use drugs again. You come into this large sum of money. Now, before I mention anything, I had been diagnosed late onset ADD by a psychiatrist. Prior who, to this. Prior to this, prior to coronavirus, while I was working at this Rolex place, yeah. I got diagnosed because typically there are a large percentage of addicts with ADHD undiagnosed, yeah. right? And they find it's, you know, it's this dopamine dysregulation, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I get a prescription for dexamphetamine, mm. which is legit, meth. just pure meth, yeah. which is literally pharmaceutical grade meth. It's one. It's the left hand or right hand isomer of the amphetamine. There's levonorgestrel, dexamphetamine. Can we take a little? So let's talk about that just really quickly. Yeah. Why is that even legal? Like, why are they giving that out? Does it work? Well, in studies, you know, when you read about it, it doesn't actually make you smarter. So, in theory, the theory is that it's it's tricky, right? So they think that people with ADD, right, have this, you know, dopamine dysregulation, Mm. right? Dopamine is the reward drug. So when you eat, drink, complete tasks, whatever, dopamine reinforces that behavior. Yeah. You lay down neural pathways to do it again. Um, so dopamine, th- when you take dexamphetamine, it raises your dopamine levels. So they're bridging that gap of the dopamine dysregulation. If you have more dopamine, you're able to focus. You're able yeah. to do all that shit like that. So that's why it's legal. That's why Ritalin and stuff like that are legal. Dexamphetamine yeah. is actual meth. Ritalin is actually methylphenidate, which actually increases – you know, it, it's a different way. It makes your brain produce more dopamine instead of the drug acting as dopamine. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It, it's hard to explain. I, I, I kind of don't get it myself. Yeah. But I know that amphetamines, you know, uh, to put things into perspective, right? Let's say dopamine units that are released during everyday things. Sex. 250 units of dopamine is released, right? Yeah. Uh, drink, eating your favorite food. 150 units of dopamine, yeah. right? When you have meth or amphetamines, it's 1,250 units Jesus of dopamine. Yeah. Right? Damaging. Severely damaging to your uh, dopaminergic system, your, your, like your dopamine receptors, yeah. um, everything. It can yeah. fuck with you. Yeah. So I start taking them. I'm doing them, you know, taking the recommended dose, whatever. Within a week, I'm eating half the bottle. Because yeah. I'm like, this is awesome. And this is during your, um, when you're selling watches. This is while I'm selling watches, yeah. right? So I'm selling watches. I'm on speed all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm so good at talking to people, you know, because yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're like sweating bullets in a suit, like yeah. trying to sell a watch and fucking sweat dripping down yeah, my yeah, face. Yeah, like, yeah. what's happening? Like, yeah. Yeah, you want to buy some watches? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and right. like grinding my teeth. Yeah. Anyway, so. So then you get the antidepressants or antipsychotic drugs. No, no, I'm on, I'm on antidepressants already. Okay. You've absolutely not followed this way. I think you fucked it. No. So I had gotten out of rehab, got this job. Yeah. Got diagnosed ADD. Started yeah. giving me dexamphetamine. Yeah. Which obviously is a drug. The, d- the the psychiatrist knew I was in rehab. Yeah. But to me, why I still hadn't like you know fully accepted that I was an addict. So I was like, yeah, meth will be a great medication yeah. to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like sure, if it's legal from a doctor, I'll take it. Yeah. You 
Um, in hindsight, I always knew it was bad. Yeah. But I wanted to take it, you know? And then, so while I get I get sacked, right? I'm still taking this dexamphetamine. Yeah. But doing nothing. Yeah, coronavirus hits. Coronavirus hits. Yeah. There's nothing happening. Yeah. I am doing this dexamphetamine. I'm doing them more, right? So I ran out of a bottle, which yeah. is supposed to last someone a month. I ran out of a bottle in a day and a half. Yeah, and you're also on the antipsychotics. Not antipsychotics. What is it? It's an SNR. It's a, so it's you're a, on two things is all I'm saying. You're mixing shit here. I'm mixing amphetamines and an SSRI. That's what I'm trying to get here. Yeah, and I'm mixing antidepressants yeah. or anti-anxiety with anxiety inducing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's not a good combination. So I'm, I'm doing damage. Like left, sub- right, and center. left, right, and center. Like yeah. I'm, I'm getting fucking just absolutely riled up in my yeah. brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, having psychotic episodes and shit. Like, like just losing it, right? Yeah. Because I'm on the, these medications and messing with these medications. Anyway, so within that month, you know, or month, first month of coronavirus hits, I'm jobless, whatever. I run out of my dexamphetamine. Yeah. I actively, because I like that feeling, right? Yeah. I've become accustomed to being high again. Yeah. You know, so I actively seek out ice. Jesus. Instead of cocaine. I actively seek out ice. All oh, right, because that's the, that's the same. That's the next kind of progression in the amphetamine, yeah, you yeah. know, chain. Whatever, yeah. Whatever. So I'm like, if this is how I feel on dexamphetamine, I'm gonna take meth because it's similar. Yeah. Probably gonna be even better. Probably gonna be even better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, meth. Not even once. Don't try it once. Maybe just once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that was my attitude. I was like, yeah, maybe. But I, I had experience with it for over, you know, over yeah, yeah. the course of a few years. Um. But I start getting into it heavy. I start getting into it heavy. I get access to, you know, crazy amounts of money. Um, and I spend, you know, I buy like an ounce of ice. Yeah. I start selling this stuff. An ounce of ice. Yeah, I start buying a lot. And I start smoking a lot. I think we have to speak louder. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm speaking louder. I, I start doing ice quite heavily. Uh, it progresses, it progresses, it progresses. I start using intravenously. Holy fuck. And this is recently. This is recent. This is within the last six to seven months. So we've covered first time you got high, first time you got sober, first how time it, you And how it. this disease progresses. Yeah. How it comes and sneaks up on you. Yeah. I, for years, have said, needles? Fuck you. I would never do that. Yeah. If anyone said, yo, you're going to do that, I'd be like, are you stupid? Like, why would I? Lo and behold, yeah. I'm shooting up. Yeah. I'm shooting cocaine. I'm shooting ice. I'm, I'm doing all terrible, terrible <laughs> stuff, right? I'm so broken as a human yeah. at this point. You know, this is about uh, three months ago. Yeah. I'm absolutely broken. You yeah. know, I'm at my wit's end. I'm suicidal. You know, a yeah. lot of bad shit, yeah. right? I'm such in a dark... My, my parents have accepted that I'm going to die. Really? My brother said to me, he said, you know, him and I went to Japan about two years ago. We had a great Japan trip. I was sober the entire time. It was fantastic, right? Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, we always had Japan. He said that to me while you I was alive. They always had your what? He's like, we always had Japan. You know, like it's like a last memory. Oh. To me. He said that he, to, he said that to recently. me recently. Recently. He goes, you know, we always had Japan. Because he had accepted that within a year I was going to be dead. My dad, I was talking to him recently. He said, we were going to tell you to put your name and your number in your wallet so that we could give you a proper burial when you die. Holy shit, dude. That's how fucking dark it got. And that's when it clicked for me. That's I had not given any thought to my family my friends, yeah, the people that cared about me the most, I hurt the most. Dude, I have to, I have to talk here, right? Yeah, because, right, <laughs> you guys had no idea. I had so I need to cut in here. Yeah, because this is now. Yeah, this is months. This is a few months ago, right? Um, 
during this time, like everyone was busy. Like coronavirus, it's weird how coronavirus made everyone busy. Like I've been so busy in coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you guys were doing, you guys yeah. were employed. Like yeah, got a full time job. I'm doing some shit on the side, this and that. Like, but and like, it sucks as this happened. But like you know, you don't hear from Ricky for a few weeks, a few, a few days, a few weeks. Message here and there, send a meme. Yeah, you know. But everyone's busy. I'm not yeah. seeing anyone. I didn't yeah. see Pat for like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you haven't seen any of the yeah, friends. Yeah. Any of the boys. So yeah. like, during this time is when you're going down the darkest rabbit hole of your life. Yeah. Right? The, the darkest and, time and I've ever been. None of us were like, granted, like you didn't send us messages and shit like that, but you were like going down this hole, you know? Yeah. And, you're, like, and had and you... Harry tried to call you like a hundred times. You didn't I never answer, answered. Like, right. you know what I mean? But, um, you are so good at, at, hiding it and manipulating it and shit i've had to hide my emotions since i was 13 yeah so like dude even when it got to the most re- like we came and visited so we came and vi- are you gonna get to the tattoo yeah we can leave it out but i was working at a tattoo studio yeah and, and you were down this rabbit hole this is when you were doing i was, I was doing tons of shit right? yeah. i was working at a tattoo studio i was yeah. apprenticing and stuff like yeah. that and harry and sammy and i were worried about you yeah right because we hadn't heard from you we don't know what the fuck's going on yeah you know we, Sammy seems to have thought, you know, you were, you know, back on drugs and stuff. At this point, dude, I remember having a conversation with Harry and Sammy outside Harry's house for like an hour. Yeah. Trying to figure out whether or not you are on drugs. Yeah, right. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was, I was actually like being like, bro, like, you know, we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He might, he might not, <laughs> you know? Let's not give him the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Yeah, and then, and then um, even like that day, like, we were going to go to your house. Harry's like, we're going to his fucking house. I know he's not at work. Right? And yeah. I go, bro, let's just check his work. Yeah. Because I think he's at work. Right. You were at work. I was at work. Yeah. And we saw you and you looked skinny as fuck. Yeah. I thought you looked great. Yeah. I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Um. And still, after that, we went home. And still, after that, I was like, guys, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, you were so good at, like... But see, what, hiding it. And yeah. Well, I mean, inactive addiction, I can work. You know, yeah. I had gotten so good at being high and working that no one would know. Yeah. I could have done, you know, I could have, you know, shot up meth and I could talk to people. Yeah. Like completely normally. Well, not completely normally. Like in hindsight, I was sweating bullets and yeah, like, yeah. Or like gurning. But to me, I look normal and to me, I, I passed it off. You can hold it, it together. And especially in a tattoo studio, right? Like everyone's partying, right? Like yeah. everyone's on it with doing whatever, you know? Anyway, so. I just needed to say that. Yeah, like, no, hundred so percent. You're so good at like. Yeah, and look, doing, I, yeah. I, I want I want to apologize. Like, I I really I kept you, you know, like like mushrooms. Feed them shit and keep them in the dark. You know, yeah. that's what I did to my entire family, and that's what I did to you guys. Yeah. I I isolated yeah. because I knew I had told you guys years ago. I said if shit ever hits the yeah. fan, you tell my family. Yeah. I had put out like you know warrant, but I didn't want to see you guys because I knew you would catch on to yeah. it. Yeah. And I just couldn't have that happen. Yeah. Because I was so enthralled in the act of addiction. Bro, Harry is such a good friend to you. You need to fucking know that. I know. I do. I know that. I know that. 100%. Like, he was... Bro, if it wasn't for Harry, I wouldn't have, like... I would... You know? (laughs) He was on the case. He's on your case, bro. I know he's on my case. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, Shout out to fucking Harry. Shout out to Frogman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Frogger. Yeah. So wet. Um, Let me just have a sip of coffee. Yeah. Um, so whatever, irrespective of that. And, and I'm, I, I, once again, I'm sorry for keeping you guys in the dark. You know, it's, it's not your, f- like, I'm sorry we did, we were 
Louis Adolphe. No, that's not. It's not your responsibility. Yeah. It's not your responsibility at all. It's yeah. my responsibility. You know, yeah. to let you guys know how I am. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I still kept you guys away. I still pushed you guys away. Anyway, I came to an ultimatum. I was. I had pl- I was planning to kill myself. Like I was I was like legit planning through drugs and alcohol and whatever to plan to kill myself. Like I was like this is it. You know my life has gotten to such a low point. I don't want to live anymore. Like no, nothing could, yeah. nothing could bring me back. And then my parents started telling me this stuff yeah. that they think I'm gonna die. Mm. And back I'll go back to it. Like, you know that that's when it clicked for me. You know what I was saying before how I had never given anyone you know given anyone the time of day yeah, yeah. and thought how they feel. You yeah. know I was a selfish. Uh, arrogant, unemotional asshole. Yeah. And those are all defense mechanisms to actually let emotion in. You know? Yeah. Those were all ways that I had n- learned since I was 13 to cope with stress, to cope with anything. I would just shove it away. I was so good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. That, you know, things could happen that would be so stressful, you know, like, you know, you know robberies or stuff like that in my youth. And yeah. I would, I was able to just be like, not nah, shove all that stress yeah. away. Yeah. But obviously it came up and I was actively using to hide that yeah. stress. Typical, typical addict story. It got to that point And, you know, my family's like, just come home. Like, yeah, you know, that'd be and I just come home and I said, I can't like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. Like I was, I, for the first time ever, I was truly broken. Yeah. Like a truly broken person. I, and I remember. This is like two months ago. This is two months ago. You know, like I would pray. Like I was like, please, like, why do I do this? Why do I do this? Like, why am I like this? Why do I? Why? Why? Ripping vapes. Vape nation. Uh, I was like, why? Why do I do this? You know. And so I become just super sad. I was like, this is gonna be my life forever. Whatever. Anyway. So I go. I get scared. The first time in my life, yeah, I'm scared. That's so interesting. I'm scared. scared I'm scared. Yourself. I scared myself. Yeah. You know, you're sitting in a, you're sitting in the, the the bathroom on the roof, injecting drugs, and you're alone. You are truly, truly alone in the world. Yeah. And I don't wish that upon anyone. Yeah. That you kind are, of alone. Uh, you are yeah. alone. You're, you're alone in your head. You're alone physically. You're alone in your environment. Mm. You are just you yourself and the demon on your back, which is addiction. Yeah. Constantly trying to push your head underwater. That's what it's like. Jesus. Christ. Shoving your head underwater and you can't. It's like gasping for air, right? Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. So I I take the hand. Oh my and God. I, I get myself into rehab. Yeah. I call Northside, the same clinic I was at. You know, I hadn't paid attention that first time I was there. Yeah. I really kind of was there. And this time I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to fucking sit in on every class. I'm not going to miss anything. I'm yeah. going to fucking absorb it all. Yeah. And. They say in AA and stuff like that, you need to be broken spiritually to be able to, you know, broken physically, broken spiritually, just broken to be able to accept AA or to actually do it, you know, to reach it. And that was my bottom. And what scared me was, and to this day, if I go back out there, I'll die. Yeah. You will die. I will unequivocally die. You cannot do that. I am... Sorry. Yeah. One day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Dude, I can't. I'm you with know, you the you know whole. What? I'm with you for the journey. Yeah. Is you that know a way You know, I've made so many promises in my life yeah, that yeah. I'm not making promises anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to do by action. Yeah. All right. My bad. Right? Make me feel bad in my own pod. Of course. Because yeah. um, that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I made the choice. You know, I got on my knees and I was like, I'm powerless over this. 
I am completely and my life has become unmanageable. And thankfully, I started paying attention to AA and yeah. the meetings. And I started. I got a sponsor right away. Yeah. Right. So this is someone who guides you through Alcoholics Anonymous and the fellowship, and and the the meetings. And I am feeling, for the first time in my life, like I've got clarity. Yeah. You know, like I'm feeling like. Um, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm yeah. not thinking two days in advance. I'm yeah. not thinking whatever. I'm just sitting in the moment. Yeah. And you know, just whatever. And you know, it's hectic. I speed it up. You know, today. Don't like, speed it up. No, no. But like, you know, since going to rehab, I got out like you know a month and a bit ago. Mm. I or a month ago, I you know I'm taking it day at a time, and I truly feel feel at peace. You know, and it's 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 all because of I was willing to accept. That I'd had no power yeah. of this drug addiction. Yeah, I was, I had become okay to say I needed help. Mm. You know, and that is the biggest thing that I want to drive home about this entire my entire life story. You know, yeah. For years, I didn't ask for help. Yeah, I I didn't reach out to anyone. Yeah. I didn't whatever. And I want to say, uh, as a man, like, get rid of your pride. Yeah. Because your pride will kill you if yeah. you're in this addiction, right? Your pride and your ego will fucking drive yourself into the ground. Yeah. Okay? You need to be able to, you know, say it's okay that you have a problem and reach out for help. And that's yeah. what I did. That's awesome. And I can now, you know, like recently I'm, I'm telling people how I feel. I'm telling my mom how I feel. I'm telling my family how I feel for yeah. the first time ever. You yeah. Know, today yeah. I had a, like, you know, it's ups and downs in early recovery. Like yeah. Today I had a really bad morning. Really? I was fucking depressed as shit this morning. Yeah. You know, I'm 27. I don't have much to show for my life, you know? And then that gets to you. You know what, dude? You s- actually legit, and I'm not just saying this. Yeah. You legit, to me, I can see the peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can see. Because, like, the fact that you almost died, let's dude, say. Dude, I was on right? the brink. I was on yeah. the edge. Like, you now, I feel like you have a peace now that you're just kind of like, look, I'm going to live life for me. You know? Yeah. Like, you know how you... you go, I feel like you had a lot of pressure on you before. You were trying to be someone who you like you weren't. That wasn't I, you. I, I was living under the thumb of my dad. Yeah. Right? You know, I always wanted to, because he was away and stuff like that, I wanted to please him, mm. you know? And I wanted to be like, you know, my oldest brother's a doctor. Yeah. Th- yeah. You know? There's like a lot of pressure in your there's family. There's a lot of pressure in my family to be something. But I'm, I'm so happy that you now are going to just like do, like you got the next chapter you're going to do it and you're going to do it because you like it. Yeah, you want to do it. You, you don't know, want anything out of I it. Got, I got accepted into art school, yeah. which is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but yeah. I didn't feel like I could. You're a creative kid. And I'm a creative kid, you know? Like, yeah. I get to do art class for yeah. the next three years. <laughs> 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 and, that's, and, and I love that. You know, yeah. like, I'm finally doing something that I want to do and not what I think other people think I should do. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, <laughs> it's funny. When I tell my dad, I'm like, you know what? I'm finally going to do what I want to do. He's like, yeah, like, cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like i never had any expectations <laughs> for you <laughs> he was like i was ha- I'd, ha- I'd be happy if you were working at 7-eleven like he's like yeah. as long as you were happy and i thought for the longest time i was like i have to be a surgeon yeah i have to be i have to be a neurosurgeon yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like yeah and so it was very funny um but lo and behold, you know, and I'm, I'm sober today. I'm coming up on 52 days, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy, you know, for the yeah. longest. I, I can I'm, see I'm, it in I'm you. I'm happy. I'm yeah. at peace, yeah. finally. I you can know, see I, that you're at peace. But, you know, for, for the longest time, I would get maybe, like, still, you know, I only have few moments of peace a day. Yeah. Like, But that's more that's than everybody. I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that's everybody. That's, yeah, you, you know, like, that's just life. That's life. Life. life uh, this is what, you know, 
God bless the meetings and stuff like that when people yeah. get like all happy clappy. And it's like life is hard. Yeah. You know, but I have to do life on life's terms. Yeah. I can't make my own fucking rules. Yeah. Because my way has gotten me nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is almost ended. Your That's life. what my sponsor said. He goes, "How's your way been going?" Yeah. You know, like how how's your direction and your like your life choices gone gone for you? And yeah. I went, yeah, "Not that great." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it hasn't been, hasn't been that good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I almost died. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so, so, so many times I almost died. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, I'm happy, and I'm I'm happy for the fellowship, and I'm um I'm happy to have been on this podcast. And hopefully, maybe spread the message a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and talk about you know it's okay, and sub- substance abuse is rampant in any business, in anywhere you're gonna yeah. find drugs. Oh, one hundred percent. Anywhere. It's everywhere. And you know, I, it sucks. You know that there are people suffering out there who don't feel like they can come forward. You know, and there needs to be more things in place, you know, like to, to, to be able to just go up to someone and be like, hey, look, I got a problem with the nose beers. Like, yeah. I can't not do them. You know, like yeah. when I have one drink, I can't stop. Like, yeah. I piss myself. Like, what is that? Yeah. And be like, look, you know, like, just go, go to a meeting. Yeah. That's what I say. If you think that you have a problem, if your life has become unmanageable, go sit in in a meeting. Yeah. You know, everyone needs these kind of meetings. It's a lifestyle thing. I'm going to put know? in a link to the. You know? Put in, put in. I'll, I'll, I'll put in. A, we'll put in a link to the Sydney AA meetings that you yeah. can go to. So if you have a problem, go to those meetings, and we will welcome you with open arms. Yeah. It's there. There is no one there who has ever. You know, it's a kind of place where you walk in and people give you hugs and they're like, "Welcome." Like, yeah. it's all good. And for the first time in those meetings, when you share and you think you're so fucking unique in your pain, whatever, yeah. you're not. Yeah. Everyone else's stories is the same in that common kind of that commonality in the yeah. story makes you feel like at peace and yeah. you're not so in pain you know? yeah because like, everyone is going through the same shit i mean i've shared stories people go yeah like did that yeah did that did that yeah you know what's funny like the contrast between how alone you felt yeah in that bathroom or on that roof yeah doing meth in your own head yeah. no friends around yeah, you yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, and swap to the AA meetings, yeah. where it's the complete opposite of all of these people that have been there yeah. in that spot, yeah. and now they know the danger. You and know what I'm saying? It's funny. The only thing in recorded science or recorded anything that has helped addicts get clean is this. Really? There is nothing else that has helped as much as this has. Yeah, the AA. The AA way. Or yeah. if, you know, if you're you – know, I go to Narcotics Anonymous as well because drugs are a big part of my story. Yeah. But I go to both. You know? yeah. This alcoholism is a, a disease of the mind. It centers in the mind, right? Because I, you know, left to my own devices, even without booze, if I didn't have the program, I'm irritable, I'm restless, and I'm discontent with life. Yeah, and so the program kind of brings you back to a... The program makes... It brings you back to earth, right? You practice things. You do a self-inventory. You, you just check yourself, right? Yeah. Y- you, you know, there's a, there's a saying, first thought wrong. And my first thoughts have always been like, if I meet somebody, cut. Like, I oh, hate right. you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm but I never way. give people the time of day. Yeah. But when and when you meet these people and you talk to these people, they're nice. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. You know? And I am so controlling. You know, I'm a controlling, manipulative asshole. And so I try and control people's reactions. Yeah. You know? Like if yeah, somebody yeah. says something I don't like it, yeah. I tell them to like fuck off. Yeah. Like, I, and that's just controlling people's reactions. And as soon as you let that go, there is a peace that you will know. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not fighting with everyone in your head. Yeah, like I'm not there yet. I think I'm still I'm like that, dude. I tried like it's still to this day. I'm not perfect. Like I, I, I will never be perfect. I just have to yeah. try. It's yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's progress, not perfection. Yeah. So, but in the moments where like you know, say if you know someone's arguing with me and they're like, I don't agree with their opinion, I just go, huh? They're yeah. entitled to their opinion. That's their own shit. 
Yeah. And I'll go, I just got it. My favorite saying that my sponsor says, I just have to keep my street, like my side of the street clean. Yeah. That's it. I've heard that, yeah. That's it. Or if everything looks like shit, pull your head out of your ass. (laughs) 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 That's the best one as well. Uh, And it's so true. Just these little things, you know. And if you get into the program, get a sponsor right away and start working the steps because they will guide you. And, you know, and they will tell you, don't get a sponsor that agrees with you on a lot of shit. Get yeah. someone that's going to contradict your opinion. Yeah. You know, like if I'm like, gosh, you didn't react the way. It's like, oh, so you're trying to control how they feel, Mike. And I go, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, you're right. Yeah. And those little kind of moments where they shine the light on your like selfish mm. bullshit attitude yeah, yeah, yeah. are the ones that help you the most yeah, because you realize those attitudes. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, that's my story. That's, bro, that's an hour and 20 minutes. That's a, that's a, that's great, a great. I think that was a great pod. Let me do the end. What it said we got to do. So, I've been putting these up on YouTube. Yep. But I've recently, you know, gone down a bit of a rabbit hole, and now it's available on Spotify. I'm gonna try and make it available on iTunes as soon as possible. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, it'll be available on iTunes. Can everyone that listens please like, subscribe? You know what I mean. You know the drill. Follow the Spotify. Yeah. Send like. Send it to your friends. I feel like I've got some interesting people telling some interesting stories here. They need to be heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, spread the word, spread it around. Follow, uh, yeah, follow the Instagram, uh, the warm up dot pod. Um, what do yeah. we type? What do we type in on Spotify to find? Oh yeah, podcast? right. It's a bit. I don't know why, but it's a bit tricky to find on Spotify right now. So if you type in Andre Frino, my name A N D R E F R I N O, you'll be able to find it on Spotify. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you don't need that information, yeah. right? But if you're on YouTube, you're already listening on YouTube. If you want to close your phone, you know, while listening, go on Spotify. But um, that's it for now. Yeah. Tune in next week. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, and once again, we're going to put the link in the description to uh, Sydney's AA meetings and stuff like that or helplines and all that kind of stuff. If you, if you are feeling blue or alone or anything like that, uh, you can reach out to me as well. I'm Papa Disco on Instagram. <laughs> P-A-P-A dot D-I-S-Q-U-O. Yeah. Uh, if you're feeling sad or anything like that, shoot me a message and I'll be sure to direct you the right way and help you out. All right. Thanks for coming, dude. That was awesome. Thank for you. Thank you. <laughs> Hectic?